What is up, everybody, and welcome to this week's weekend preview of the Next Guy Let's Go, baby. Podcast. We've got yeah. a very special episode for you guys. The energy is high. The vibes cannot be better. We Let's are live on a Thursday night recording, so warning, trigger alert. The Jaguar game is on right in front of me while we record. So if something bad happens, I am not responsible for anything I do around here. <laughs> If you hear any outbreaks, yeah. Yeah. Sudden screaming is probably just <laughs> something bad happened. Right. But it's we're good. Happened. Or good. Mostly hoping for the good. But here we go. So today we've got some very fun discussion topics. We're going to be talking about yeah, the, yeah. the new Olympic sport that just got added. Zach has a fun playoff college football uh, discussion for us. I'm looking forward to hearing. He has not even leaked a bit of info about what that's going to be. So ready. Then we will quickly do a weekend recap before we dive into this upcoming weekend's, our favorite matchups. Then we're going to do best bet. And then the famous, the worldwide most profitable parlay. There (laughs) is the next guy up parlay. It's one of its last one. That's right. Uh, We'll be doing that. We did. I was just going to say, we're going to skip hop on a prop. We've decided as a team, we will be, those will be coming out still when we do like our weekend graphic of our bets. It's just props are so hard. We're trying to give them out way too early. Yeah. And it's just, let's do better research. <clears throat> I think it's a great idea. I think we're, we're freeing up some room in this episode for some other stuff, uh, which is, let's just start off with this, a new segment for the day. Uh, we are calling it Victory Laps. Uh, this is where, uh, we talk about all of the wins we had over the past week, all the victories that we're celebrating. And first off, first and foremost, Tinder just mentioned it. The next guy up parlay is one and oh in the past week. Uh, we hit it. Uh, shout out to our guy, Josh, who took it with us and got rich off of it. That's right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He said, he said it to us. He said he took it. He believed in the next guy at parlay and guess what? He made, he made some pretty good money off of it. So Heck yeah. plus 400. Let's go. Yeah. We're going to take that one folks. Uh, I think this is a, this is going to get the ball rolling for us. I feel really good about this week right. as well. Uh, that's a big, that's a big victory for us. Big dub. And what's crazy is, is that the thing that we had to sweat the most was a 49ers first quarter minus a half a point Boy, was out it of a sweat? everything. Yeah. That yeah, was the sweat a, of it all, which it was, I think, so I had on Sunday ticket, all the other games were like halfway through the second quarter and we were still like finishing up the first quarter. It was the longest first quarter of my life. So long, but we got through it. We cashed that win and it's just from here on out, we, we keep them rolling, baby. Yes, sir. Yes, we so do. The second victory lap actually is attached to that one. That's right. Uh, we had some takes about USC. We said, USC, guys, their offense is fine. Whatever. Caleb Williams is okay, but their defense is terrible. Well, guess what? Caleb Williams, those three interceptions in the first half. USC on their way to a, to a very nice eight and four season. Uh, congrats <laughs> to Lincoln Riley on your offense. Too bad uh, there is at least two facets to a football game. Uh, so. Shout out to us being right about that take as well. USC, not a good football team. So that's number two win. We also had a third win today with our boy Tins. Why don't you tell us about the day that you've had? That's why we're all super hype right now. We give us a give us a little bit of that. So here's the thing: uh, you're never going to see us hand out baseball picks. We're not baseball guys. I'll be upfront. I am in a Discord that hands out amazing, great baseball picks and i tell them well these boys today cooked up something i turned two dollars into 665 on some pitchers getting some strikeouts baby Chewy. um so it was fun i didn't realize how early the game was starting it was one of those situations where i was like well i'll just you know i'll throw two bucks here the game starts like 10 minutes It'll be fun. And then I blinked and looked up in like the fifth inning and they had <laughs> cashed. It was oh like my. one of one of them to get seven strikeouts, one to get six, one the 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 guy who's supposed to get six got seven, the other guy got nine. So it could have been even crazier if we would have stepped the ladder up one more step. So it was wild. Those uh 
beat the books. They're all over Twitter. I am. I'm in their discord for baseball and, and basketball. So, uh, it's no free pub, but they're pretty legit. And I'm sure you, if you're on Twitter, you've seen them cause they're huge everywhere. Yeah. But I mean, so did you take that money you won and put it on the Jags tonight? Money line? Uh, no, responsibly, it went straight. I, you know, I called Morgan and, and told her what had happened. And I was like, so I'll I'll deposit most of that into our bank account. <laughs> I kept I kept I kept some playing around money, but the majority of, of it went into our bank account for responsible Smart. adult things for That's our right. small small children and you know <laughs> stuff like that. My dogs, which they, they're wrestling right now. I'm, I need them to shut up. So if you hear that, I know I know we're kind of getting off topic here, but we've talked about it before where I feel like casinos and like betting, they if you're up, then you continue to be like, man, I could take this money that I'm already up on and just keep flipping it for more and more until they took what they won, even if they did win and they lose all of that altogether. How many times would you ever like actually leave or you see people at a casino that leave? They only leave when they're like completely empty pockets or yeah. they're just hurting bad. They're never leaving because they take that money and they're like, they're on a high, right? They're like, let's keep it going where you actually took that money and took it out. So proud of you, Tens. Yeah, no, there's there's a lot of good resources that talk about bankroll management and, yep. you know, how to gamble long term without it. Like, like what you're saying, you bet until you're out of money. No, that's, that's not smart. You don't, you don't bet crazy like that because they're chasing that yeah, a lot as you well. definitely don't go chase so you stick to what your unit size is and and you know go from there and it keeps it fun and when you do hit it it makes it worth it so we're informing the people because you know we talk about betting here but there's betting and then there's smart betting there's a difference so mm. keep it smart people steve yeah unlike all these saints fans i just saw on my tvs that are like dressed up all <laughs> dumb like idiots and they have to go home with this l after this game dressed up like darth maul but black and gold so does that have to do with smart betting and dumb betting they're dumb they're making a dumb bet oh. dressing like idiots and their whole night's gonna be ruined <laughs> you know how much of an l it is to look yourself in the mirror when you get home after losing on thursday night and have to take a shower and get all this face paint off of you wasn't there a guy in London that was dressed like a jaguar? Yeah, he's at this. He's actually at this game tonight. The Jags, <laughs> the Jags him flew him that? out because uh, we won both games. That makes him smart. Mm, could be. <clears throat> You're right. Um, all right, good. Uh, all right, so moving into um, our next little fun segment at the be- uh, beginning of this pod. Um, this week it was announced, so Olympics are coming to Los Angeles in 2028. Part of... The process of hosting an Olympics means that you as the host country get to pick a couple of sports that are kind of unique to your country. And the USA this year decided to uh, do flag football as one of those sports. And so there will be flag football in the next in the 2028 Olympics, which is kind of hype, honestly. A little bit unfair, possibly. Considering I'm, I'm really curious as to what kind of athletes the other countries are going to put out there. Yeah, I think it's going to be fun to watch. We're just going to see. I mean, we could see a bunch of like sprinters out there just like trying to blow past people and catch footballs. I don't know. I don't think any country is going to compete if, like football wise with the United States, but that's, I guess, part of us getting to pick which sports we wanted. So I'm not discrediting athletes or flag football professionals at all, but do you think if you stopped what you were doing now, I've actually talked about this at my work. If I was like, okay, I'm going to train outside of my nine to five or eight to five job. Could you be ready to actually be a part of a professional fantasy football or not fantasy, sorry, flag football team. I got fantasy football in the mind. Flag football team for 2028. You're talking about, I know ages because I'm I'm about to turn 30. So age is not on my side. But if you're like a 15 year old, and you're like 2028, 20, and I could start training. And if I start knowing people are reaching out, it's a like it's a serious thing. I was wondering about that because it's not. I hate to say this, it doesn't compare up to like speed skating or sprinting, right? Am I crazy? Like I know there's skill with it, but I feel like you could. John Ross, which isn't he on an NFL team, he retired. 
He's known for having the fastest 40 time. He could probably get on there right now cause, just because he's known for being fast. Am I right about that? Oh, I got some head shakes there. I, I, don't, I don't think for sure that I could. I think yeah. there are some Olympic sports. I remember the story. I don't remember who it is, but they trained for like years. I think they were kind of rich already, so they didn't have to worry about money. And they trained for years to be like an Olympic slalom skier. That's all they did was every day they went out and full-time trained. And I think he actually made the Olympics eventually, which is pretty cool. With that being said, there is an entire group of professional athletes who literally do this for a living that are, that there's a that pool to pull from already. I, I seriously doubt anyone who is not a college or professional athlete is going to be competing for the flag football team. Fair and enough. I will say, I did see this on Twitter. It said the NFL executive vice president uh, said that not only is the NFL going to allow players to play, they're going to encourage players to play. So they're going to push, because I mean, that's a fun opportunity. It's a once in a lifetime opportunity to get to be in the Olympics. So they're going to push players to say, hey, if you want to take this opportunity, let's do it. It's fun. What about injuries? What if Patrick Mahomes like tears his ACL or something? In the, uh... I mean, it's flag football, so that's part of it. It's It's less contact, obviously. It's Theoretically, I mean, sure, there is a possibility, but NBA players play in the Olympics. Hockey players play in the Olympics. NHL yeah. players do. So it's just it's, it's part of the risk, obviously. But I think that's a cool, probably once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. So I think that's a cool thing. I think we're the, like the biggest misadvantage like, like for the other countries is that we have guys that play quarterback. You know, like Correct. there, there yeah. could be track stars from other countries. There could be very good athletes that do other things that could pick up how to play flag football in terms of catching, running, pulling a flag, like being right. athletic, but like playing quarterback. I mean, it you're still making throws. They're going to be playing. It's it's like playing seven on seven, non-contact, like when these guys are doing like summer drills and stuff. Uh, right. So you still have to have like a quarterback. So I think that's where it's going to be unfair. That I think I think cornerbacks as well. Yeah, I don't I don't know if there is another sport that's it's it's pretty widely known that like cornerback, other than maybe the quarterback, is the hardest position to play. And so that position of trying to guard someone that's very fast is pretty unique to football. And so I think they could obviously run someone super fast if there's wide receiver, but if they have the best cornerback in the league guarding them. Like, what are they going to do? Right. Cause there's a difference with, with running with a guy and understanding how to cover a route. When right. It's guys, a lot different. You know, yeah. Oh, what are we doing? Jags? Why are we doing trick plays? All right. Yes. It so let's, so let's just uh, throw this out there. We don't, we don't have to draft a whole team or anything, but if there were some players in the league right now, or even in college right now, who you're like, this guy would be elite on a flag football team. So you're thinking, Cornerbacks, wide receivers, quarterbacks. Who who do you think is going to be on this team? It's, we, we have five years until the, to the Olympics. It's a given, right? Let's all say it together. Tyreek Tyree Hill. Hill. Oh, that's what I was thinking. Thank, thank you. Good job. Yes. We're on the same page, yeah. Mason. Literally has to be a known, like, the guy's the fastest in the world, in my opinion. And he's he's right just now. good after the catch too, even in the yes. NFL. Like I mean, he's he's got great agility, makes guys miss. So that's that's like a really big thing with flag football. So you do feel like it's very speed oriented flag yes. football versus so I have embarrassing power com- oriented. Yes, I have an embarrassing confession. I actually played in college and I was awful. I did not know the rules. None of us did. And you cannot block the flag. You cannot do stiff arms. It's all about like juking and spin moves and like weird things. With You have to have your arms up when running. It's kind of very awkward because you can't block yeah. the flag. So it has to do it's with not speed natural. more yeah. than like, yes, it's not very natural. But I just say you're kind of going for like the fast people. Sorry. But yeah, let's keep it going. I just wanted to throw that out there. Like for people that didn't know flag football, you kind of have to – no, that so let's keep it going. I feel no, like a running, no, I'm like a running quarterback. No, sorry, I was just saying get down, Trevor. I wasn't telling you to hurry up. My bad. Sorry, oh, I should have no, myself. Fine. He's talking to this, Trevor Lawrence. This is what happens when we have a uh, a game with the pod. You guys are getting it here first. He went ran out of bounds, so you're fine. But I want to throw something out. Gronk is going on uh, going ahead and like jumping at the gun of like wanting to be on. Which people are like, okay, you have to try out for this. He's already like wanting an invite. 
he's also a physical player that just runs through people. So I don't understand that disconnect. But yeah, you want to tie it in. You're looking at like Brock Bowers. Five years from now, he'll be in the league for four years already. Yeah. He'll be a four-year veteran in the league. Hey, that's a good transition because I think we should go ahead and go to that. What about yeah. what about Brock ba- Bowers, Zach? Yeah, Brock Bowers, uh, tough hit for a Georgia team who has been, let's say, less than dominant this year. Brock Bowers goes down. Tins is excited about something. <laughs> Travis Etienne, baby. Touchdown. Second, <laughs> it's like we're getting a whole commentary on the game. I'm not even watching it, but I feel like I'm watching it. So I'm behind, and it's hilarious just to hear tens. But go ahead, Brock Bowers. Yeah, so Brock Bowers injury. Um, we four to six weeks potentially out. Mm. Huge. I think there's a question of is it smart for him to try and rush into anything and get back? He he's won a couple of national titles already. He is bound for the NFL. Obviously, first round draft pick. So. Is it worth it for him to try and come back for maybe like a last couple of weeks of the season plus a plus a playoff run potentially? I think that depends on where Georgia is at the time. Big for Tennessee fans, I think that means he will Correct. probably be not on the field for the Tennessee yeah. game, which is honestly huge, huge because if not for Brock Bowers, I, Georgia may have a loss at this point to be like without him single handedly taking over the Auburn second half. Yeah, there is at least a decent chance that Auburn already or Georgia already has a loss. So, I think that's huge. He has been a huge portion of their offense so far this season. Straight up, half the time I watch them play, I'm like, "Oh, it's him again, catching the ball and scoring a touchdown." It's insane how much he's involved. And I, I just want to speed quick, real quick. Like this is a fast, like throw this out there. I know this is recency bias, but Kyle Pitts not doing so good in the NFL. What pick did he go? Like, what was it? Tens, help me out. Four or five or something. And would Brock Bowers is he not going to be a top five pick for a tight end? Which would be wild. But I mean, he's like he's literally uh, the best tight end we've seen in a really long time in college. Insane. Yeah, prospect wise, he's definitely like a better prospect than Kyle Pitts, and Kyle Pitts was a top five pick. I think the only thing you're kind of you might struggle seeing him get drafted that high this year is because it is such a heavy, heavy quarterback class. Yeah. Um, and then so maybe Mark, top 10. Yeah, I think he's a top. T- I think he'll go top 10. I think you're going to see a lot of guy, a lot of teams move up to get these quarterbacks. Uh, Marvin Harrison Jr., another skill set player that's going to go really high. Yeah. Uh, Unless the Bears just draft two quarterbacks with the top two picks. See which one. You know, they're so bad at drafting Let quarterbacks. Let them have a QB battle in the offseason. Yeah. Uh, Gosh, I, I am. I do look forward to our offseason, some draft stuff. Uh, me and Mason are very big draft nerds. Yeah, uh, I do a lot of prep for the draft, so that'll be fun. Something to look forward to. A lot of stuff to talk about in the offseason. We we won't only talk about football in the offseason, we do watch other sports just as a precursor. We do like basketball and uh, hockey, and we got some fun stuff planned, but volleyball volleyball mm. yeah i'm just kidding yeah <laughs> but yeah no brock bowers is probably the like zach said i think he's the only reason they haven't lost a game yet and so it'll be interesting to see going forward how they adjust because he is like he's just a cheat code like, throw it yeah, up to really. him if, if you're in a bad situation just throw it to him and he's gonna make a play yeah and he makes plays that that safety valve like what do you yeah where do you turn now yeah. he's very so, much uh, like sorry tens what are you saying no, you're good. I was just say he's very much like Travis Kelsey, where he's yeah. he'll catch a five yard pass, but he'll turn it into a forty yard gain with his he's athletic enough and can break tackles. So it's I'm very excited as a UT fan that he's probably not going to be playing in that game. That's big. It is big. Yeah, that gives a a huge advantage to UT. Speaking of UT, how are we feeling about this Alabama game and their chances of winning the East? The chances of UT winning the East? Yeah. Uh, I think Alabama game is going to be very interesting. I think it's going to be um, – I mean, obviously, it's a huge game for UT and for Alabama. I mean, Alabama is has their season on the line right now. Alabama is playing for – they're still fighting for the SEC West spot, which is proving to be a little bit soft right now, that SEC West, uh, whoever's going to make the SEC championship game. For Tennessee, this is also do or die. I mean, we lose this game, and it's pretty much going to wrap it up for Georgia. 
uh, with two losses in the SEC. I don't think Georgia's taking that. So, I mean, that's going to basically give Georgia a free buy into the SEC championship where they'll probably play Alabama or LSU, depending on how the season turns out and what happens with LSU's defense so they can get it together or not. So, I mean, a huge game. I, d- I don't know what's going to happen with uh, – It's I think it's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be very competitive one way or the other. I don't. I do not see Alabama winning by a lot, but with how Tennessee's defense has been playing and with how kind of rough Alabama's offense has been playing, but I, I think it very well could be the same kind of game as at Texas A and M. I think it could be come down to the last couple of possessions. I think it could be a who makes a play at the end, who has a couple of turnovers, whether the whether the Vols can get a lot of pressure on Jalen Milrow or not. I think it's going to be a huge difference maker in the in the game. So I, I'm excited about it. I think it's going to be a fun one. Um, I think I'm excited to see how it plays out. Correct and me that, if I'm wrong. Was yeah. the opening line nine and a half or was it nine? It's at eight it, and a half now. It depends on who you talk to. There, they were kind of between nine and ten, okay. depending on who you were looking at. It's at eight and a half now so, with a over under of forty seven and a half. That's I know. There's a almost all the big games this weekend have super low over unders. It's kind of wild. Even Ohio State, Penn State, we'll talk about them a little bit later. Yeah, that over under is crazy low as well. That's like a really low over under. You're talking looking at Iowa and Minnesota. Oh my goodness, thirty one or I've never seen an over under that low before. It's crazy, wild. So speaking of some more college football stuff, um, tens 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 teased it earlier. I do have a looking now. This is the part of the season where you can you kind of start seeing who the good teams are. You kind of start seeing who the bad teams are. Who's emerging as at the top of their of their conference and pushing for those playoff chances. And so we only have four spots. And so I do have a chaos theory. I've been I've been kind of cooking up. Uh, this is the last year to kind of celebrate this uh, chaos because next year you have twelve spots. You know you've got twelve teams that could that could make it. That's it's reducing a lot of the chaos there. So um, we are, let's, let's talk about a few of the teams here uh, coming down. And I'm going to, this is a, a group collaboration. So I need, I need some help from the class here. Um, so let's talk first about big 10. Um, if you had, if you had to give me a couple teams out of the big 10, who you think are, are, are playoff contenders, who, who would you say they are? Hmm. I mean, at this point, I, th- I- I think it's just Michigan. It's a playoff contender? I think with I two other undefeated teams? Yeah, I think that's just I think Penn State's gonna I, I like Penn State this weekend, and then I think that Ohio State I just do not like the quarter or the quarterback situation there. They should have I don't think they're starting the right guy. He's not like as an explosive player like as as they've had with Justin Fields, CJ Stroud, even going back to like earlier days, Braxton was Miller and, and yeah. Cordell Jones. I mean, they've, they've always had good quarterbacks. I don't even like, I can't remember this guy's name. No, he they're, he's not as good as traditional Ohio state quarterbacks have been, but I, I think there are three teams who have a potential. Uh, they're top 10 teams right now. All three of them. We have Michigan, Ohio state and Penn state. And so that all three of those teams play each other regular season. I don't, I truly have no idea how good Penn state or Ohio state are at this point. Really Ohio state pulled out a really tough win against Notre Dame. Penn state has played literally no one. Michigan has played even less of no one. So and as part of my chaos theory, we're going to say that all three of those teams play each other. And we're going to say that all three of them emerge from that series at one loss. Okay. So you could say whatever you want, whatever order you want to say, but we're going to say all three of them come out at one loss. And then whoever, so at that point, if you start looking at the Big Ten uh, tiebreakers, boy, it gets crazy at that point because they'll all have one conference loss. And it's going to come down to like the record of the teams that they beat. And, and it gets crazy from there. So whoever wins that tiebreaker will end up probably playing Iowa and winning by about 45 points in the <laughs> Big Ten championship game. So at the end of the day, you're going to have, you could have potentially three one loss teams in the Big Ten. So moving on a little quicker, we're, we're moving to the Pac-12 where obviously we have Texas and Oklahoma. Texas has a loss right now, but what's going to happen is almost assuredly they're going to meet again in the Big 12 championship game. 
play each other. So let's say for the sake of our chaos theory, uh, Texas wins that rematch, which I think is actually pretty probable. Yeah. And they both emerge at one loss with the only losses being to each other. Moving down the chaos theory. Uh, looking at the Pac-12, we have Oregon and Washington who just played a very, very good football game. Very close battle. Kind of similar at Texas-Oklahoma game. Uh, Washington obviously went at the last second, but again, they probably are going to meet again in the Pac-12 championship game. So let's say for the sake of our theory that Oregon wins that game. Now right. Oregon and Washington both have a loss as well. Only to each other. Uh, let's move into the SEC, which I think this is the least likely one, but we're going to roll with it. Uh, SEC, we have Georgia um, playing, let's say, a Bama or an LSU in the SEC championship game. Mm-hmm. Bama or LSU pulls up a huge upset and beats Georgia. You could potentially have a t- two one-loss teams there. And then lastly, in the ACC, I think this is the least interesting one. But I will say uh, North Carolina has looked pretty good and their schedule is a little bit softer. They play at Clemson. I think it's at Clemson, which will be their toughest game. And then Florida State is there as well, playing a big game in Duke uh, yeah. for potentially some pretty big ACC uh, implications there. So when it's all said and done, now that I've presented all of that, we have – uh, a potential for like 10 one-loss teams to emerge <laughs> in this scenario, um, only of losing to each other. Right. And so I don't know if we've ever had a scenario like this where every team in the nation looks beatable, but all of those top 10 teams I think could beat any of the other ones pretty much at any given day. I mean, I have no doubt that Oregon or Washington is going to play Georgia really close. Yeah. So, I, I mean, obviously I don't think all this is going to happen. I think – Um, but maybe if one or two of these situations go down, there's going to be some real conversations when there's, there's legitimate six or seven teams that I think could say we have a, we have a, we should be getting a playoff spot and there's only four available. So maybe this year more than ever, we're going to see some teams really uh, lose out on the playoff spot and look ahead to that 12 team playoff next year. Uh, but I think that's going to be, I think some of those are going to happen probably. Chaos. Love some chaos, chaos everywhere. No, yeah, I think it's different. We don't have like <clears throat> like a group of five team, like a Cincinnati, where we're like, oh, they're undefeated. They should get in. Like, the, I don't, there's no chance of that. It's everyone's going to be fighting for that, for the spot. Um, I, I think we're only going to get the four conference winners. Like, I don't think we're going to get anybody double dipping here. Mm. I don't, I don't think any conference is getting two. Uh, probably not unless they beat each other up. I mean, that, that's the only scenario. If us, I still don't think that. Yeah, I think you're right. But like, unless the Pac-12 beats each other up, and then you have a bunch of two lot like USC I pulls up something crazy against Washington, yeah. Oregon, and then all of a sudden, that is the one thing I think with the Pac-12. There's there's a chance that a USC high-powered offense could knock off a team like Washington or Oregon and muddy the water over there and a team that I'm very high on, but they're, they're playing very well. It's Oregon state and Oregon state could very well, they play Washington and Oregon. Yeah. They could play spoiler. They have one loss that they probably think of themselves as, Hey, if we win the pac 12, we deserve to go to the playoff as well. So they're, they're a pretty fired up football team. Uh, they play, very physical football. So they're going to be trying to play ruin, like trying to ruin someone's season on top of trying to get in for themselves. And I don't, I don't put it past Oklahoma to drop a game either. The big 12. So random, like, like you could tell me they lose to UCF this weekend and I wouldn't be like shocked. Right. Yeah, Oklahoma, they have a really good quarterback, and they looked really good against Texas, but their schedule other than that has not been – it's been pretty soft. And so, I mean, I, you're right. They could definitely – all these teams could drop one. But looking at that list of the if, – if like unanimously known as the best like 10 teams in the nation, and you're looking <laughs> at like the perennial powerhouses of, of college football are all up there. Yeah, all Every the team. There. Except for Notre Dame. <laughs> All right. Rip to those guys. Unless you're holding a in USC, exactly. ticket. <laughs> Smash it. That's true. 
Well, that's a lot of college football for us today. Um, Should we transition to Tinsley's favorite NFL team of all time? Let's transition. The Buffalo Bills. Oh, the Buffalo. I got a lot to say about oh, the I Buffalo know you Bills. Do. And I'm ready for it. Get hyped up, everybody. Let's all take a two-second break just to take this in right now. Three, two, one, go. Here we go. So the Bills got to the the opportunity to play the Giants Sunday night. The Giants, mm. who are a dumpster fire. The Giants, who are pulling guys off their couch. Literally, if you listen to the intro for Justin Pugh, he said, straight off my couch because he had just got signed three days before he's been retired for a year to come play offensive line. It's true. Um, it's literally that backup quarterbacks in the giants have been getting blown out multiple weeks in a row. And what happens? The bills almost lose. And the whole time the game is getting played, all they're talking about in the broadcast is, well, the bills, you know, they did travel to London last week. So, they're feeling the jet lag effects and blah, 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 blah. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars played that day, too, at 1 o'clock on Sunday against the Colts, who are better than the Giants. Uh, Mason, did we play a really close game against the Colts? No. Nah. No. Nah. Not at all. Uh, uh, oh, that's right. 37 to 20. Mm, tell it. Tell so, it, Tings. So once again on this podcast, I would just like to make it known that the Bills are the most overhyped – most beloved media team for no good reason. They are not as good as the people of the media will tell you they are. Fade them when you can. They're they're like minus nine this weekend against the Patriots. Take the Patriots. It's not an official play, but it's just a personal play. What? It'll be but going the out. Patriots have been garbage. I don't do care. Mean, I don't care. The Bills are garbage. And then Justin Herbert. This is on weekend recap, but I'll just do it now. You're not clutch, bro. You had the ball in your hand with two minutes left. You're down three, and you lost. And this happens a lot. You're not clutch. You're turbo Phillip Rivers. I said it. Okay, can I, I – this wasn't in the document, but I just want to talk about the baddest beat of my entire life. I've had some horrible ones, which one of them was a cowboy, which I was a half a yard short one time. So I took a parlay, a parlay to pay out like – Close to a hundred dollars. I don't know what it was actually. Let's just say it was a hundred because it sounds good. Um, and all I needed was eight completions at the second half from Dak Prescott. So because Herbert could not go down the field and kick a field goal to take it to overtime, Dak Prescott only had six completions. He needed eight. <laughs> So he, I was too short. It was a bad beat. I sent it in a couple texts. I was thrown up. It was awful. It's but too bad. Your Herbert, Super Bowl Chargers. Your, your Super Bowl. Not, yeah, I'm going to talk about that in like two seconds. But yeah, that was a, that's a it's a it's a bad beat for just. For, I'm uh, sorry, man. I'm sorry. Your your quarterback of your dreams, Mister Everything, couldn't lead his team down to tie up the game to get it to overtime for you. Instead, he threw an ugly pick and lost because yeah. he's not clutch. I'm pretty sure he took a sack before that play as well. It was just, it was tough. And I stayed up late. I go to bed. If anybody knows me, I go to bed at like nine o'clock. A happy Mason is someone that gets like 12 hours of sleep at night. And I stayed up to watch that hot garbage of a game at like 10:30 at night just to see him throw a pick and not go to overtime. And my bet didn't cash. So Dang. tough break. Thank tough you, Zach. Beat for Mason. I appreciate it. Can we just talk about the <laughs> Titans as we transition? Because we got to keep the ball rolling here. Let's talk about it. Go ahead, Zach. I don't want to talk about it. Titans are think? Titans are pretty bad. They're bad. So if anybody missed it, we were on the struggle bus in London. I might add, I was. I had a another bet that all the legs hit except for them to win the game, and it just it. Tore, uh, rip my heart out. Dang. And Zach, or, or Tins, either one, what have we been seeing here lately? Some trade rumors or blown blown up the team? Give us the deets. Yeah, I've seen that they've now openly started shopping uh, DeAndre Hopkins and um, Derek Henry and Kevin Byard, actually. <laughs> so, uh, tough. Zach's reaction just gave it all right now. This is not good. On YouTube. I, did, I did not know this. So, Kevin Byard, I think, is a legitimate one. Here's the issue. 
running backs are not worth anything right now. Unfortunately, I don't think anybody's going to want to pay. Should Christian McCaffrey? Well, yes, but I, at least a touchdown game, I don't think anybody's going to want to trade for him at the age that he's <laughs> at. I think we're safe with him. But Kevin Byard is a legitimate. We just got DeAndre Hopkins. What do you mean we're going to trade him after we just got him? We're going to trade him away? I mean, he was only on a one-year deal, right? Yeah, I just – it's it's tough. It's kind of wild. I mean, we, we all recognize that the problem is like is the quarterback, right? That's the biggest issue. We can't score in at all. You can't score touchdowns. You're not going to win football games. And yeah, I've never seen a team that has had such a hard time getting in the end zone. Okay, I'm. Sorry, I don't know what it is. Is it the quarterback or is it the coaching? We're getting off topic once again because when we're in the end zone, for some reason, we do like this. Uh, let's do a quarterback rollout with Tannehill instead of we're inside the five and we don't want to hand it off to Derrick Henry all three times. Like I know that's kind of a redundant. Let's break like let's break it down. Yes, Tens, go ahead. No, I just I just have a fun thing because I know Titans fans, you guys hated your offensive coordinator last year. What was his name? Uh Kelly, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I work with Titans fans who just came in every day at work and just crying. He's the worst offensive coordinator in the league. Blah 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 blah. And then you guys just hire your tight end coach who worked under Kelly for so many years who runs the same offense. Like, I like Vrabel. I think he's a great coach. But he very much believes in just, like, sticking to what he knows. He doesn't like changing things. You guys are running the same offense. I mean, Derrick Henry is is a monster. Your offensive line's not great, but he can kind of make up for that. But the play calling is just egregious. And Tannehill has fallen down a little bit, but he's not – He's still like top half starting quarterback. I so think. he got injured, and he also got injured there in, during that game. And according to my sources, he will not be ready after the bye. So Malik Willis, which is still our number two, is going to go in there. Oh no! Oh, I mean, I think at this point you have you you need to see what those two guys can do because I think it's obviously Tannehill is not a long term solution. I. We're almost to a point this season where it's like playoffs are mm, like approaching and a point where I don't know that we're going to get there with our current roster. And it's like why we need to figure out who our, who our future quarterback is. Is it Willis? Is it Levis? Or do we need to pick up someone else and to, to fill that role? Like I think it's now is the time to figure that out. So I'm going to do some research and get quarterbacks that have lost their jobs due to injury. But one that comes to mind is Tyrod Taylor, which took a shot in the ribs and it ended up having some type of reaction to where he couldn't play that game. And he lost a job forever to Justin Herbert, which was going to take his job over eventually. But regardless, I think this might be the trend of we're not winning games. Let's go ahead. He he's injured. Let's just go ahead. Malik Willis is going to be in the next game. And if he plays horribly, instead of putting Tannehill back in, they might go ahead and see what Will Levis is made of. I literally – that's my prediction right now. I could see that happening. So, we'll see what happens. Hmm. 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 Very good. All right, let's keep it going. So, Tens, how many teams are undefeated now? Zero. What happened last week? I think the Eagles just – or not the Eagles, I'm sorry. The 49ers just ran into a bad situation where they are playing a really good defense. They had some guys get hurt. CMC got hurt. Trent mm-hmm. Williams got hurt. Debo got hurt. The weather was gross. And you have a rookie kicker who missed a, you know, a field goal he should have hit to win the game. But it's the NFL. That stuff happened. So that's just kind of one of those where, uh, you know, that's, that's fine. But I'm more surprised by the Eagles. I mean, not that the – Jets are a bad team. They're not terrible, but they just don't look the same as they did last year. Yep. I think they, they would have blown this team out last year and took advantage of Zach Wilson, but it's just – I've said it all season. I like the Eagles. I like Jalen Hurts, but I think he – there's a lot of rumors about that shoulder that he should have had surgery on in the offseason. He didn't want Uh-oh. to. And it might be a long-term issue for this season because he's just not throwing the same as he was last year. We'll see that, how that holds up. So 49ers 5-1 and one now, Eagles 5-1 and one now, and then we also have the Dolphins, the Chiefs, and the Lions all 5-1. and one. So we'll see how that holds up. I'm curious to see it. The, the Lions are the shocker to me. I, 
I just sometimes I fall for the overhype of the entire public loving a certain team. And I fell for it. I was all over the Vikings to win the division. And Lions have been a surprise 5-1 team. Love it. Guess who's not 5-1? The Chargers. Go ahead, Tens. Tell us your spiel because I know you got something good for us. I mean, I was spewing a little couple minutes ago about Justin Herbert. He's not clutch. I think the head coach is an idiot. Um, They're just just the Chargers, and they're always going to be uh, until they – change a whole lot of things i think justin herbert's a good quarterback he's probably a top 10 quarterback but to put him at number five so early in his career just because he puts up big stats is not he ain't he's not he ain't got that dog in him you know i don't see him coming down you know if his team's down 27 nothing i don't in a playoff game away stadium you know i think he just he folds Hmm. Are you talking about a team that's playing right now as we speak, like a quarterback that's on Maybe the field right long, now? blonde hair. Yeah. You know, I don't think a guy like that, like I'm describing, would fold in that situation. I think he'd come back from 27 points. Tins, would you say that the Chargers are set for a for a Super Bowl run right now? <laughs> no, I would say <laughs> I'd say not. I say their 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 that's scouts crazy. are their scouts are really looking into like the top 15 picks this year and seeing who they can draft. Man, that'd be probably someone on this pod predicted them as Super Bowl winners. We're pressing for time here, but I just <laughs> want to real quick apologize to the public for my insane Super Bowl matchup of the Vikings versus the Chargers. I'm so that sorry. That works and works every week. Thank you. <laughs> it looks pretty good. Okay, so weekend recap is in the books. Now let's look at the weekend matchups that we want to see. Zach, you got a college like game that you want to go ahead and break down. Let's hear it. I do. Yeah. I mentioned it earlier. This is a top 10 matchup game of the week. There's actually a lot of, there's, there's maybe at least four games this weekend that are, have playoff implications um, in them. This is a big one though. Penn state, Ohio state. Uh, This game is one of those matchups that you wait for every year to kind of see what's going on. Uh, this is a little bit different teams because neither of these teams are very good offensively. We talked about that a little bit earlier. Both teams are very good defensively. Now, you might chalk that up to saying, well, Penn State has played some terrible offenses. Yes, that is true. Ohio State obviously played Notre Dame and won that game last minute. I did not bet on this game because I have no idea what's happened. What's going to happen? I truly don't. Ohio State's four-and-a-half-point favorites. I think it could very well be a close defensive battle. Uh, This is usually the part of the season where Penn State ends up blowing up and we find out that they are uh, not for real. (laughs) We find out that they are just pretenders and they have been kind of cooking their way through their schedule until they get to this matchup. Maybe neither team is good and they're both going to get smoked by Michigan. (laughs) That is a real possibility at this point. But I think this could potentially be a playoff elimination game. I think whoever loses this game is going to have a real, real uphill battle to playing into uh, the Big Ten championship and playing into the playoff. So huge game for Penn State, who has kind of been trying to, to, to make that jump. Huge game for Ohio State, who has been very, very good for a long time and all of a sudden kind of looks beatable which that can be said for a lot of teams in college football right now. So I think it's going to be a really fun game to see where the Big Ten is headed for the rest of the season. Love it. All about it. I think it's going to be a very good game. I'm on I'm on Penn State. I'll be giving it out mm. on Twitter, but if you're a loyal podcast listener, go ahead and jump on it now because it is moving quite a bit. It's I, I got it at four and a half. It's up to five and a half, so I wish I would have waited. Really? Uh, yeah, FanDuel and DraftKings are both doing 50% boost um, <clears throat> on it. I love I love the spread. I think it's going to be a one-score game either way. Yeah. So uh, four and a half, five and a half, that's, that's great. Hmm. There you go. You know what else you should jump on right now? This Raiders at Bears game. Mm. It's going to be what Tyson. Yep. Tyson Bagent. Is Badgett. that the, is that Badgett. Badgett? 
Badgent, mm-hmm. words with Mason. I had a request for words with Mason. We did Got have it. a request. Another another word right now. Simmonin. Simmonin. Oh Simmonin. Simmonin. Okay. Very close. Versus Brian Hoyer. I'm just kidding. That's not the that's not the matchup I'm looking forward to. I do have something for that at the end of the episode, though. Stay tuned. Um, I'm actually looking forward to the Chargers at the Chiefs. That's the best quarterback matchup of the weekend, in my opinion. Second highest total but behind a game that Tins is about to talk about in a minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, this game is, in my opinion, will end the Chargers' playoff hopes if they lose this game. We talked about my Super Bowl winning Chargers. They will lo- If they lose this game, it's over for playoff hopes. They don't have they hopes might- right now, brother. <laughs> Listen, if they win, there's a, there's like a there's a ten percent hope, huh? Yeah, it's over at this they're- point because they'll have a divisional loss and they'll be at two and four in the division that is the AFC West. So. We'll see what happens. Also, the Chiefs have not really been themselves. A lot of people are saying you want to take the under on their live uh, total because their uh, season has been a cakewalk and it's about to get insanely hard and they have looked hot garbage. So we'll see what happens. But that is my matchup of the weekend. Tens, let's hear about it. Uh, I actually uh, heard a fun stat that um, kind of leads towards your Chargers here as far as if you want to take them against uh, the spread. Herbert, in his last like 23 games, has only lost three times over a touchdown. Mm. So, yeah. That's I like fun. it. He keeps games close. He just isn't close enough to go and win them. Uh, so, mm. anyway. Uh, What's the highest total of the weekend, 10s? Uh, fun fact, I didn't know it was the game I picked, but it is the Dolphins and... Uh, Eagles. Eagles Sunday night football. I'm very excited for this game. I'm looking forward to seeing this high powered Dolphins offense it's putting up like Madden type numbers. Yep. <laughs> and they score Wild. 70 on Denver. They can score. For, it, it, it truly feels like they can score from anywhere on the field. Even with uh, a chain, the, the star running back going out mm-hmm. most, most it's been great. Um, so I mean Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, it's it's been fun to watch. Um, but this Eagles team, I think, has a I think they're gonna have a good bounce back right here after a tough loss against the Jets. And if not, then I think we start wondering Super Bowl hangover, if Jalen Hurts is okay, what's going on, because this is a team they should bully. I do I like the the Dolphins are fun. But they are not a tough, like physical team. Like they are, they they can be pushed around a little bit on both lines of scrimmage. So, looking forward to it, seeing how this game goes one way or the other. Because I'm not, I, I I like, I don't like either of these teams. I don't have like futures or anything on them. So it's just gonna be fun to see because they're both at the top of their conferences as far as playoff seating right now. Like they're both towards the top. I think that's going to be insanely good, like offensive game. It's just Tyreek Hill. You got Keenan Allen. You got some of the best wide receiver positional players. Austin Eckler. Moster's been playing out of his mind. It's going to be a fun offensive game. I'm sorry. I just hold. I just did the Chargers just trade Eckler and Keenan Allen to the no. I I was thinking of the Chargers a minute ago. I'm sorry. (laughs) You're fine. I'm still on the Chargers. You know what I mean, though. Uh, I know. I know. I know. What you the mean. Dolphins and the Eagles. Still offensive good with the Eagles. Like, A.J. Brown is playing really well as well. So, we'll see what happens. I love it. All right. So, we go, should we go ahead and hit our best bets? Yes. Let's get into Let's it. it. Let's get after it. All right. It. Tens, kick us off. All right. Mine is loading. I got some fun stats I wanted to look up. All right. Here we go. I am riding with the Buccaneers minus two and a half. And here's why. By now, you've probably heard the fun stat that Desmond Ritter had not lost a home game until last week. He was like 32 mm-hmm. and 0 at home. Like, he's holy cow. His, and his splits were crazy. Like, he's literally putting up double the numbers at home than he does on the road. Um, this Bucks team, I think, had a little bit of a come coming down to earth situation. They started the year off hot, a lot 
better than anyone expected, including myself, um, with how many games they won. But I think they're a solid team with a solid defense. And the Eagles – I'm sorry, not the Eagles. Now you got me mixed – I got birds getting mixed up here. <laughs> I'm uh, sorry. Falcons are traveling to the Bucks, and I just don't see where Desmond Ritter is a good enough quarterback to be able to outperform this Buccaneers offense that's playing well. Um, Ritter is 0-4 on the road as a starter mm-hmm. – in the NFL one and three against the spread. He's also a quarterback who struggles against pressure. Uh, the bucks blitz 40% of the time, which ranks third most in the NFL. Uh, Ritter ranks 23rd out of 32 quarterbacks against the blitz. And on the road this year, the Falcons are averaging 10 points a game. The Falcons love to run the ball with B. John Robinson, Tyler Algier. The Bucks are a top 10 run defense, so they're going to force Desmond Ritter to beat them. And I just think they've got too much on their defense to overcome for Ritter when he does not play well in these kind of conditions. I look for Baker Mayfield to dink and dunk his way up and down the field. I love minus two and a half here. And the Bucks have really been like that surprise team of the season, right? I think they already are they either have or they're close to their win total already. They've just been Baker Mayfield has played incredibly well with that offense. A lot of people thought that Kyle Trask would have took over, but just like it's been incredible what he's been able to do with that team. So it's been looking really, really well for the Bucks. So I like that pick. All right, I'm gonna speed things up a little bit. Mine is gonna be my best bet is Rasheed Rice from the Chiefs over 35 and a half receiving yards at minus 125 on bet MGM. It was at uh, 34 and a half. It's already moved, so I couldn't give it at 34 and a half. I took it at that. He's been targeted 30% of his routes. He's going up against a secondary that has been known for wide receivers dominating throughout the game. That would be the Chargers. Right, uh, wide receiver ones against the Chargers defense. Let's start at week one with Tyree Kill, 215 yards, Jalen Waddle, 78. Week two, Traylon Burks, 60 or 76, Chris Moore, 49, DeAndre Hopkins, 40. Week three, Justin Jefferson, 149 yards, Jordan Addison, 52, DeAndre uh, or Devontae Adams, 75 yards, CD Lamb last week, 117 yards. They have been crushing it against that secondary. He is technically wide receiver one. I know they got Miko uh, uh, Hardman back, which he had been with the team previously. I still love this total. If it was like in the 50s or something, I'd be a little nervous. 34, are you kidding me? He could catch that in two passes. For a quarterback that gets like 300 yards a game or close to it, you got to – I mean, you have to take this. So that's my best bet. Put it in the books. Zach, what you got? Uh, all right. So I am from the college football world. I am taking Duke plus 14 and a half. They are playing Florida State this weekend in what is a huge college football playoff potential matchup. We have um, – Duke has has lost their quarterback for this game, at least Riley Leonard. That is a big blow, but that's what's causing this huge number uh, difference, plus 14 and a half. I will say Duke has been very, very good on defense. Now, the, the teams they played, they lost to Notre Dame. And some of the teams they played have not been good other than that. But they have been averaging like less than 10 points allowed per game. And so, by my math, if you're only allowing – less than 10 points, then it's pretty easy to win by 14 and a half uh, or not to lose by less than 14 and a half. So uh, you can't lose by 15 if you only give up 10. That's what I'm trying to say. So I, I say Duke maybe still loses that game to Florida State, who I think is a better team, but I think they covered that 14 and a half points. So that's my best bet. Uh, I think there is a very good chance it's at least competitive in the fourth quarter, and I do not think that Florida State blows Duke out. If you heard tens make noises during that, it's because the Jacks had a fake punt that was converted. 
But Zach, good pick. I like. I really like that pick a lot. Duke has been known to upset or have closer games than you think they are. And it's at so. home too, and they're hosting Florida State. And one of the biggest games Duke football has hosted in a long time. So I think that'd be yeah. a fun one. I thought it was at Florida State. I could be wrong. Uh oh. Okay, let's keep the parlay. We gotta keep this going. We gotta, we're on time. So let's go ahead and start with Tinge, your next guy up parlay while Zach is Googling and fact checking us. Go uh, ahead. What's, I, what's your like? I'm going Rams money line here, everybody. Mm. The Steelers, yes, they're coming off by. Um, they're getting Deontay Johnson back. But here's the thing. I think the Steelers team sucks. Their offense is terrible. Their offensive coordinator should be fired by now. Uh, they are one of the least like explosive offenses in the league. Their run game is non-existent. And you're playing a Rams team that is playing above average football on the defense, like playing a lot better than anyone expected them to. They found Puka Nakua as this like crazy late round draft pick. Um, so I really like the Rams offense to be able to move the ball. And unless the Steelers literally count on J.J. Watt to score a defensive touchdown to be able to win football games. So I like my chances. Rams money line. I'm not going to take the minus three and a half. I'm not going to mess yeah. with that. We're playing safe. We're playing this one safe, everybody. Yeah. I'm gonna, We're yeah, trying to get another dub this weekend. Trying to get some Zach, dubs. Is it at Duke or? It's at Florida, Florida State. Tins was correct. Thanks for the fact check. Uh, it is at Florida State. So that does change things a little bit. Uh, but I still I still feel good about Duke covering that. 14 and a half. That's two touchdowns. That's not an interception. That's that ball hit the ground. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Love it. All right. Love so uh, my parlay pick, I think, is a great one. Uh, we have not talked about either of these teams today, but we are into the SEC East. I believe in uh, betting what I know. And so I know SEC football this year. I know in the thing, if I know one thing out of the season so far, it is that South Carolina is imploding. Shane Beamer is an absolute clown <laughs> and he is afraid for his life over there at South Carolina. I get the feeling that he's losing that locker room a little bit. Uh, he has last year, he really had a knack for kind of pulling folks together and, and getting that team riled up, even though they weren't the greatest team in the world. Um, I am getting, he has had that comparison to Butch Jones ever since he started. And I think it is stronger now than ever. I think he is, he has a great quarterback in Spencer Rattler, but that offensive line is so, so, so bad. And I think mm. there is no chance South Carolina wins this game on the road against Missouri, who is, I mean, at this point, they have their eyes on uh, potentially putting something special together over there. I think they now their schedule is about to get a lot tougher here at the end of the year, and they have some, they're going to have some good teams to roll through. But that Missouri team has become all of a sudden no joke. And I don't, they're not going to do any, they're not going to go to the playoffs, I don't think, but they have a chance to, to kind of put together one of the best seasons Missouri's seen in a long time. So they're, I don't, they're not going to want to drop this one to this joke of a South Carolina team. Uh, I think Missouri wins easily. Uh, again, I'm, I'm making, I'm keeping this one safe. The line was at like minus seven, which I didn't feel great about, but I feel really good about money line. So that's why we're taking that one. Love it. All right. Speed. I am speed. I'm going to put 60 seconds on the clock. Get this done. My last leg is Raiders money line minus 135. I know it's crazy, but uh, to bet on the Raiders, uh, as much as I've joked about this game already, I don't understand how you could not take a team that has a QB with 14 years experience, even though he's a backup with, against a quarterback that is a first-time uh, starter in the NFL. Brian Hoyer has a QBR of 94 when filling in for Jimmy G last week. However, Bagent, Baggett, Badgett. What's his name? Badgett has a QBR of 16 when filling in for Justin Fields last week. It's just not about the QBs. Bears defense allowed the third most points this season with 29.3 points this season, where the Raiders are in the middle of the pack with 21.8 points this season. Put it in their books. I already calculated it up. It is a plus 272 parlay. Ooh, I like that. So I'm feeling pretty good. We went uh, minus 162, minus 135, minus 310 on Missouri money line. What I would suggest to everybody, we've not talked about this at all, but 
check around, shop around at different books. You might get a better number than what I have, but plus 272, put it in the books. That's that's it. That's the, that's the parlay. Let's get it. That's it. That's the one. Love it. That's going to win. I love that. I'm about to go put it in right now. All right. Who wants to close this out? All right. Well, that is our episode today. We can preview. Thank you guys for joining us. If I were you, I would go take the next guy at Parlay. They have not missed ever in the past week. So <laughs> make sure you take it. It's going to hit. I think I feel really good about this one. We, I hope you tuned in to our bonus episode that came out Wednesday. It was a popular episode. Uh, the, yeah. the gals of the Next Guy Up podcast did a great job with that Taylor Swift draft. They put some of our drafting to shame. I'm looking at you, Mason. Um, and <laughs> uh, we have another message on Monday coming at you on Monday. We are finishing up our candy draft, our three-part ultimate candy draft. So we got some fun stuff in the books for you. Uh, all right. Another without without further ado, we hope you guys have a great weekend. May all of your teams sweep. See ya.